Welcome everybody. We are here on Friday the 23rd of April um, for our fifth Friday, um, fifth humanizing work um, in the live series. We've been talking human leadership all week this week. We've had some great conversations um, about self-awareness, other awareness, self-management, and today we're talking about relationship management in terms of how can we manage our relationships as a human leader and how can we help others do the same as a leader. Our impact as a leader can have amplified effect on others. So we're going to be talking about that today um, and building on all the conversations we've had so far this week around human leadership. We know emotional intelligence is a great framework to use to build um, our leadership skills. But what's the best way now that we can do use, um, we can develop our self-awareness? What's the best way now that we can actually become more aware of others and manage ourselves and our relationships? Um, and so that's what we're talking about this week. Um, and we're continuing our series over the next two weeks as well at midday every day um, to really speak to some of our expert practitioners who are working in this space don't often get a chance to just talk about it because they're out there doing it trying to capture some of those nuggets of insights um, and really great pieces of, of thinking that really impact how we operate um, in organizations in teams and, and just generally with with everyone around us as human beings so um, today I am joined joined by Richard Woods. So I'm really pleased that he's here to, to join the discussion today. We're going to be talking about, as I said, about relationship management, psychological safety, all kinds of cool things. But I'll just say quick hello to Richard. How are you? Hi, Alex. I'm, I'm really good. Thank you. Really happy to be here. Looking forward to it. Great. And it's lovely to have you here. Do you want to just give us a brief, brief introduction to who you are? Okay, sure. Um, I'm Richard. Um, kind of done lots of stuff with psychology with my education and spent the last, I don't know how many years, uh, seven, eight, maybe plus years doing leadership training and development and figuring out the best ways to, to do the development, but also learning the new things that come out, reading books and finding and learning from different people and different practices. Very curious about what we cover today. Mm. And not just here you, in, in the UK, Richard, you've been doing work in, in China as well, haven't you? Yeah, I spent a long time in China over probably was 14 years and then stuff around APAC, Singapore, Hong Kong, uh, Malaysia, that kind of thing. So working with teams of very diverse teams, different nationalities, different cultures, which is, uh, I suppose, as an extra level to, to what could be going on. But there's so many commonalities on what people need in terms of leadership and uh, the challenges they face are very, very similar. Just how they deal with it is slightly different. Yeah, and I and that's really it's a nice place to start actually, Richard, because I found that a lot um, when I was working in in, in international roles, um, as I am now. Um, but when I'm thinking about internally an international role, you know, it was um, I was often quite nervous. I was like, oh, what's the cultural impact of this? But actually, when you're working on a human level, and that's so relevant to what we're talking about now, actually, what you tap into what's what's right, and you can kind of you can feel this inner compass of what is right for people and humans, um, regardless of. of some of those cultural complexities obviously there's there's a huge amount you need to take into consideration in the context but actually i think on on that level there's a lot that we can take that is is easy to and is universal to to humans i think would you agree uh definitely and i think the way things are progressing and these these types of conversations are they show that in the past probably we said this is the leadership model and you should do this 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 and this and try and kind of push uh, a framework and some people would say for example oh that doesn't work in China and I think we're pushing behaviors not necessarily pushing awareness and a way of thinking and then the behaviors come from 
the, the individual or the team or the individual culture and the, the corporate culture even. So it's how to uh, kind of enlighten people about what they kind of, how they should be looking and then how they apply it is, will be different according to the circumstances. It's really, really true. And the core being the human side, can you, can you tap into that? And then th I think things flow from that. Yeah, absolutely. And that, that comes back to the conversation we were having um, at the beginning of the week with Grace and also um, with Lindsay as well um, around um, being authentic and finding that, finding what it is in your core that, that you, you can kind of connect to exactly that around your, your values and your beliefs, because actually that's where your behaviors come from. Um, and if you're able to articulate or you know yourself better, you're going to be much stronger and more confident in being able to articulate where you're coming from and use that to understand others and manage yourself and manage your relationships better. So it's all so lovely, interconnected, intricately. Um, so, so, what I wanted to, to to explore in more depth with you today, Richard, was around that kind of relationship management aspect of emotional intelligence. You know, what are the what are, is the kind of like um, the latest thinking around how we can really manage and um, develop relationships as a leader for ourselves with our teams, so that we've got a great relationship, but also as a bit of an observer of the team dynamics. How can we? help others what can we create in terms of that that safe environment for people to feel comfortable um in their relationships i think one of the the key things that probably latest thinking but also the um the covid situation going going virtual has shown that it takes uh, that time um just spending time with the the, the people just having conversations rather than discussions or planning meetings or one-on-ones it's actually just having a conversation which sounds really really simple but it's it's not the way people have done done leadership in business for i don't know or ever i think so it's it's about that and it goes back to active listening and being aware of your own presence and tapping into individual needs rather than this is how i should do this as a blanket a blanket statement and it's it's it makes it very difficult because it's no there's no answer and it's, I think the, the, the modern thinking is you, you have to figure it out as you go, try things and then experiment and see what works for person one and maybe it doesn't work for person two, but it's that connection, finding a way to connect with that person or those people. And I think that that is the kind of the core for, for me is what, of what people are talking about and trying out. Yeah. And and I love that, you know, it is that unknown, isn't it? Then that does make it difficult because you can't just define it and say, oh, yes, do X, Y, Z. Actually, it's far more um, subconscious. And I've said this earlier on in the week as well. There's something about being human that almost we take for granted in our intuition and how we respond and how we act. But it's very interesting that we, we do so much of that in our external relationships to work. And yet it's almost like when we come into work, we kind of forget all the brilliant techniques that we have for the developing relationships as a human being. I wonder why that is. It's it. Well, I think there's that kind of, it's where like theater comes up, doesn't it? That you have to, there's a certain expectation and you just fulfill the role as you, you perceive it or has, has been defined by the the culture. If a leader has to be like this and um, really sit up straight, be kind of serious or, authoritarian and that's kind of probably very very traditional um but a lot of that still exists and it, people people aren't trying to be like bad 
bosses or inconsiderate they and they wouldn't get away with it at home or with their friends because they would be called out on it and i think that's where the psychological safety comes in with your friends and family it exists you can be good and bad and then get feedback instantly without asking for it <laughs> um so but at work not not so much because there's other things at stake of the position so you can lose a position in a family but it's much more stable than in a um in a workplace and people probably feel that discomfort there with can i say this how can i say this and they that extra second of thought probably means you miss the opportunity to actually to make that statement or to just be be authentic it just it's, yeah. it's like a, something something holds people back yes absolutely and we talk a lot about this um this new buzzword really which which has you know increased massively over the last couple of years mainly due to the brilliant work of amy edmondson but psychological safety has become a well-known term and i guess i'm really pleased that it has because that means people are talking about it and people care about it and organizations are thinking about how people feel in the workplace and you know are, can they speak out and say what they think? Can they, um, you know, act how they, they they believe they they should without the fear of retribution? And that's so important, isn't it? Whereas, you know, in a family, as you say, you know, things are slightly different, aren't they? You know, we don't have all of that kind of consequences um, because the relationships are there and stable and set, you know, for life. So, so what is it about the the work environment that we can um, we can work on as leaders to create that psychological safety in our relationships? I think this one's actually quite quite challenging in a way the, to start off with. I remember um, at the start of um, the lockdown, so over a year ago, somebody was saying, "What? Well, ah, so now we're going we're going virtual. I, I I need to start doing psychological safety stuff." And I'm like. Yeah, I, I didn't say it, but I felt a little bit. You might be a bit late. It's, now it's even now it's even harder because yeah. you can't just say, "Hey, do you feel psychologically safe?" Uh, because if they don't, they'll just won't say anything. And if they yeah. do, then you probably would have already known. So it's what can people do? I think it's holding a space mm. in meetings and conversations and things mm. that you, where you actually um, allow people, even if they don't choose to take it at the beginning, just say, "This is a space for." openness for sharing your ideas mm. and and seeing if anything comes up if something doesn't come up maybe you have more work to do mm. uh, unlikely that everything is being done is absolutely perfect so if nothing comes up possibly we it shows a a weakness in the in the safety of the the team but i think starting with the space and then respecting the space i think would be the next thing so don't jump on it as soon as someone says something you have to let it let it fly over you and that's that's a bit of self-control and self-management isn't it just not to yeah. not to not to react but just to really hold yourself back yeah i like that respecting the space that's going to be my quote for the day i think <laughs> it, it is it's so it's so that's so powerful because i think you know we assume that that actually and I think younger generations coming into the workforce will assume that actually there should be, you know, psychological safety there. Um, and, and certainly um, I've experienced a whole 
variety of different types of situations and I wonder you know what what, what we can do as you said as leaders creating that space respecting that space and and almost like role modeling it as well and 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 trying and trying new things but also there's this I think there's this quite complex relationship with blame so mm. um so obviously um you, you no one really wants a blame culture. That's that doesn't feel comfortable for people to try new things. You know, they they fear failure massively, so they don't try, and it doesn't cre create that that innovation and creativity in teams. But there's also something about how you you can't really handle people's perception. So um, in terms of you know, lots of managers have had training in how to handle difficult conversations and approach things positively and proactively. But there are going to come up situations where people do make mistakes. How do you approach that in a way that doesn't feel like blame, but doesn't feel like you're avoiding the situation? Exactly as you said, almost like uh, there's that weird kind of situation for leaders that, that they operate in because they have to manage their own relationships. But they're so often dragged into difficulties in relationships within the team. And when everyone, anyone explores anything, and this happens at school, you know, when my kids fall out with their friends, you know, they explore the situation, who's to blame, who started it, what was the cause, what was the thing that happened? And how can we find the nuggets of goodness in, this, in the story that help people feel comfortable, confident, okay coming out of a difficult situation that actually, yeah, you know, we've respected the space and um, people have had the space to say what they think. That doesn't mean that everything's, you know, tickety-boo. Things might have had a, a really so quite a significant impact on the work, on the team. But we, we don't need to not, we don't need to ignore them is what I'm saying. We don't need mm -hmm. to kind of not not address those. It's about how you do it in that positive way. And that's that's so tough, isn't it, when people judge you differently. It's really um good point i think what came to my mind when we were speaking i had no idea we would go this this direction but one thing i'm always pushing for and it might possibly too too much but it's um things like retrospectives or reviews or something after a certain piece of work or possibly a an incident that happens that needs people to dissect it and see what happens if you, you you do that retrospective as a group and try and figure out what happened together to make a uh, maybe an action plan some some put something in place that means it can't happen again and look at what is it about how we work where, the way we work together with this situation that caused this to be possible to happen yeah is it you lack of lack and they just try to find find the the cause rather than the um or assigning blame and if someone yeah. can then say hey hey alex i I completely screwed up here, but I need to figure out how and why. And then they, then they can get involved in that process. And hopefully it becomes learning, cycles yeah. of, of learning. But to get people to do that at the beginning is really, really tough yeah. to talk about. Because people like to celebrate wins. But to, to, to celebrate uh, failures and losses is, is not, so, not so easy because it's not, it's, not, it's not cool, right? It's not, not good to say, hey, we, we didn't work. This didn't work, but we, what, can we, what can we learn from it? Yeah, and I I agree, and I think it's really interesting when at what point you do the reflection, mm. because obviously when something's happened, you're in it, aren't you? And you feel it, and the emotion is there, and you you're dealing with it. 
as a leader, maybe just internally, even if you're portraying something different more positively and actually allowing the space and the time for people to kind of overcome the emotional response mm. and, and bounce back into um, a more positive state because so many of us do it, you know, we'll have an immediate kind of positive, uh, a negative response and then we'll quite quickly think about, oh, well, actually, you know, maybe it's not the end of the world. Maybe it's not this. So the time to, between actually getting people together to reflect, and I love what you mentioned there, it's kind of like about what were the conditions that allowed this to happen, which was is much less exactly, as you said, about blame. So I love that positioning. I think that's really strong. Um, the other piece that I think um, that is, is really interesting dynamic here with psychological safety is bravery. Um, mm. It's that almost like there needs to be this balance of, you know, a leader helping support the psychological safety for the team and the individuals to be, you know, have great strong relationships, but also the bravery of people to try something and have that growth mindset that it's not always going to be how it has been, that people I have been working with may have learned and grown and developed through the time I've been with them. Because we often see, you know, people, people move on from roles because they feel they're held back by relationships where people view them and judge them as their old selves. And, and certainly with this returning to the, to the, to workplaces, that's happening everywhere, you know, people might have evolved considerably since that time, especially through all the experiences that have, have, have really rapidly increased our own growth through the last year. How are we allowing people to be brave and try something new and almost like reinvent themselves? Actually, I've come through stronger. I'm completely more focused now on exactly what I care about and what's important to me in these relationships. So I've gone all over the place there, but just kind of ideas buzzing that are all interconnected and i think i think you're right with the that word bravery um the leader as well to probably ask those questions and it is almost if you get into the conversation about okay what happened in the last last year where do you want to go what do you want to do what challenges do you need what support do you need you, you might lose people who decide actually working here isn't isn't the right fit mm -hmm. uh, and that's quite sad but it might end in terms of being human, that might be the way, the way to be, and they might come back. And so I don't, I don't know. I feel it is a really that's a quite a powerful conversation to have if people are can be open about it and say, so I want my job or my work to be like this. I'm not sort of talking about completely changing everything about what happens inside the company, but I felt like this was a really great way of me working. Can I do this now, even though we're going back to normal? Uh, we, and do we fall back into the to the old habits? And it is so. This is a big opportunity mm. for people to to well take take advantage of the fact that we've probably kind of forgotten the routines now. It's been so long we've forgotten what we used to do in the office. So just start fresh. Sit down and say, okay, what should we do to achieve what we're supposed to be uh, achieving? And decide on those goals and who does what and kind of I don't know, make it a bit more. Uh, collaborative even because I think collaboration is the key to making people feel if they feel uh, involved they feel ownership of what's going on and that probably I hope feel more more safe and then the leader isn't bossing but is like, facilitating almost and that hopefully would be a nicer a nicer dynamic in 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 that team yeah absolutely it's um 
it's just there's so much in that isn't there i'm just trying to unpack it all and thinking about kind of um the extension as well because we talked about this and we're we're rapidly moving through the time so i want to get onto this point because we talked about it before and it does feel really important which is around how can the leader extend this across the organization so other teams and departments because we know that leaders have such an interesting influence in organizations across their teams how they role model things um and almost like more so now than ever before, we're really relying on those leaders to kind of hold us all together in lots of different ways. And if they're the ones that are, you know, really the best at creating that psychological safety that makes a difference to people on a daily basis, how can we make sure that that extends? What are your thoughts on bringing others into it? I think that's a really good, a really good point for if the leader has a team and then wants to that thinks this is working, then it is probably acknowledging some of the, the challenges they have had and the, the approaches that they've tried with their team or are trying and seeing what the impact is with the people in the so it's a similar position in other departments or other business units and say, um, and that's quite, quite that needs psychological safety as well on a different level, but it's quite also probably a little bit of, of vulnerability, uh, but definitely authentic say, I struggled with this, I've tried this approach and it seemed to be working because my team now does X, Y, Z and I feel we're getting good impact. And I have to do, I've got more time for this, so I don't do that and see whether the other people, just being a role model for the others, but not just a passive role model, say just kind of putting it out there, being the, um, I don't know, being marketing your own approach to, internally. So this, is, this seems to be working with our people. Why don't you try it in your team and then uh, hopefully it filters across. But also, if you try something with a team of, say, you got a team of eight, and they all have a team of uh, uh, below them as well, hopefully that it will just nice things will be replicated and picked up, and because people see the benefit, or they just if if it feels better, oh, I'll try that. I'll try what Jeff did because it seems to work and on us, so I'll try it with my team, and and this might might be might be the way. So I think it's quite slow. Can't really push. I think pushing is is not quite the way to build that that uh, that kind of that feeling that environment of safety and also um, it's hard to push leaders around because if they're in that mindset they'll they'll feel under threat so I think that's a little bit of it is Alex is Alex paused yeah Alex dropped off so I'll, I'll talk about um another little bit she'll come back in a second I had a I was in a meeting the other day and there was one person that was talking about taking on a, a task with um, someone uh, someone senior and then a few people at the similar level and this one particular person was saying if, if, if I take on this I want to ensure that I have the, the the psychological safety so I don't get blamed to go back to what what Alex was saying and I thought this was an interesting way to bring up psychological safety because to have that um, to have psychological safety enough to be able to kind of openly state it means it's at a high level but also there's still the fear that when working in a different team because this was a kind of a cross regional team whether that would uh, upset that it in the small team okay but in a bigger team not not so much it, it definitely is about modeling but that person would be modeling it for the other people from other teams so I really, I feel like this this is a quite a challenging, um, a challenging topic to to get people in other teams to understand 
the the value of what can be done um and you kind of want it to be coming through naturally right you want people to to be feeling that if they speak to their, their colleagues if they go to a training program or they have a, a cross-functional meeting and if they can say oh no we, we don't need to do it like that we can do it like this or there's just some practice or approach or style then then they can be um they can, if they own that that process then they can they can share it widely without any need for a formalized communication campaign or a, um, a project plan so just, hopefully it will naturally extend through people's enjoyment people's positivity and the fact that i suppose especially with psychological safety if you feel like it, it's good then uh, it will it will um it will take on a life of its own almost um I think, but the other the other thing here is also the um, the leader, the senior leaders. Everyone has a leader, right? Everyone has a boss, and it's how can the the particular leader of, of influence get that psychological safety and and feeling of comfort in their position to be able to put it sideways, to put it down, and that is. Um, I mean, this just gets reflected and repeated over and over and over through through the, the whole organization, I think. So it's the same problem, but on, on different levels with different um, there's different levels of influence from that particular that particular leader. Um, so what else would I say on this? How can a leader extend this? Actually, I, I would also probably put out there that if I mentioned retrospectives a little bit earlier, uh, inside a team or a department if you can have group uh, learning team knowledge sharing and that type of thing across across the organization wouldn't be as regular but if you can take the again taking time making the effort to say this is what we learned in for example the IT department and we want to share that with you because it's it's working and and the leader can share it but also the the teams can share it and say oh, this is this is something we could all try and just having a, a, um, a platform for doing that, not just a document, but actually a kind of a place for people to, to share openly. And I think that would be a nice a nice way to work. Welcome back, Alex. I'm so sorry. Isn't that <laughs> so it's just to prove that we really are live, right? So <laughs> I actually still have no clue what happened. Just completely lost the screen. But thank you. So I'm presuming you've carried on because I've come straight back into the same discussion. So thank you so much for that, Richard. I'm I'm sorry to have missed some of your insights. You um, have to watch the recording. <laughs> <laughs> I will. I will. So um, we've got a couple of minutes left. Um, mm. In terms of um, wrapping up, we'll probably do a double act then. So I'll wrap up the beginning, and then you. Can can kind of just just recap what we were saying um but yeah we've explored um you know how important it is to have that human level of like universally being able to to make and create connections um with others meaningfully whether that be you know with individuals whether that be across teams um but particularly as a leader bringing in your abilities that you use outside of work into that environment having just a conversation as you said like making it simple um but also um making sure that we create space and respect that space um and we had um i think a comment come through about sharing vulnerabilities to be able to co-create that psychological safety because actually yeah as you say you know it really is about 
partnering together on it. It's not about one person, right? Oh, you haven't created the psychological safety in the environment, so therefore I'm not going to, you know, partake and be brave. And that was the other thing we talked about, is, you know, having bravery to be able to try something new and not to assume that people are always the same or to judge them, but to be able to try new ways of building relationships and, and be making better relationships, um, as well as avoiding blame. So we talked about how we could um, have conversations um, where we talk about the conditions that we've created together and the retrospective reviews of how we've done. Um, and I know there was a great comment from Holly as well, sharing about how she really gets quite a lot from being able to do those those retrospective kind of what are the learning we had from this situation, whether it's a good outcome or not, we should be doing that all the time, right? Because we can learn all the time. Um, but um, Richard, I would love to hear what you were talking about as a recap in the last few minutes. I missed, I think, whole five minutes trying to get back in. Well, um, I'll probably I'll try to sum it up uh, briefly. I think it was the the key theme there about extending it around the organisation is about is about sharing, uh, mm. like leaders sharing to other leaders, yeah. um, to about like I said the vulnerabilities and what they're trying and what's the impact being to try and inspire the other leaders to try it, and then it's kind of probably doing the same thing down role modelling and getting people to practice as as it goes down inside that that business unit or that um, as it goes lower down in the organization. And then I was kind of finishing off um, with having some kind of platform for, for sharing, experience sharing or knowledge sharing where you can have the, the people themselves kind of promoting what they've done mm. to, to other teams. So this, this is, this has made our work better. This has made us more impactful. This has made us happier and to share it with people across the whole organization mm. that could be, um, could be something like this actually you could have an organizational uh, live chat or something just where it's really really authentic and people are sharing and that would be a nice way to 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 kind of that, spread that storytelling you know piece is so strong isn't it and if you think about how much storytelling affects us as human beings we tell our babies and our children's stories to help them learn about the whole world around them about relationships challenges with all kinds of brilliance you know outcomes that help them experience things and and you know we watch as adults certainly i know most friends of mine are watching netflix and other um channels to to you know to be part of a story of what someone's going through and it's that emotional tie into something that's really strong that brings us along and i would you know i think that's why it's so important to bring storytelling into organizations and 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 bring it to life for people so that actually they can understand that that's the way we learn as humans isn't it really listening to to other people's experiences and not positioning people in doing so but just sharing what's happened for me um in something so 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 closely connected. So we've come to the end of, of 30 minutes very rapidly. Um, I had a fierce five minutes trying to get back in. So thank you so much, Richard. You're a star. Keep going. Um, and um, that's it's just 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 goes to show, doesn't it? Exactly that. It's live. So um, anything can happen, unscripted and unrehearsed, but you dealt with it really well. So thank you. Um, I really appreciate uh, your time talking today. I hope everyone has enjoyed uh, listening and watching. We um, are streaming across YouTube and LinkedIn and Facebook, and it's being downloaded into an audio file for our podcast, which is available on Spotify, which is Humanizing Work with Bailey and French. So um, thank you to everyone who's been watching and for anyone who's watching the recording and listening along. Um, we hope you can join us again next week, every day, uh, midday, uh, GMT, 
to talk about, we're going to move on to talking about teams next week and what can we do in teams to humanize this world of work. So I'm really excited. We've got some fantastic uh, people joining us, all expert practitioners, um, and I can't wait. So I hope you have a lovely weekend, Richard. Thank you so much for your Hello. time. Speak to you soon. Thanks a lot. <laughs>